a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Last week, if you were with us, you know that we've been working our way through the book of 1 Peter, uh, Peter's first letter. And uh, you'll know also, we didn't quite get as far in the preach as I hoped to, mainly due to lack of a voice on my part. But the good news is the voice is back, so I reckon I can do a good two and a half hours or so to make up for last week. Is that all right? That's good, isn't it? Some of you are looking very worried now. Some of you are thinking, man, I'm glad I didn't put any money in the we really have run out. <laughs> we, won't, we won't quite go that far, but what I want to do is to uh, summarise again what we looked at last week and, uh, and move on as well and um, look at the next few verses in that section and see what uh, God has for us uh, in the passage that we looked at. So if you've got a Bible with you, why don't you turn with me to the book of 1 Peter. We're in chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. And you remember, I'm hoping, that our heading last week was building a house for God. And it's the same heading for this week. This is part two. Building a house for God, part two. 1 Peter chapter 2, we'll start reading at verse 4. Read a few verses together. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now, to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. And a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined But chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, received mercy. I suspect you might want to put the receiver on the top, Dave. That's probably what the problem is. So last week, we started to look at building a house for God. And what that meant. And we, we, really, we looked at this uh, and realised that... Uh, that God looks at us as like living stones. I don't mean living stones as in sort of African explorers, those of you who know, know, you know your history, but that was slow, but you got there in the end. Well done, a few of you. But rather living stones that God uses to build. And uh, we uh, looked this at uh, last week and realised that Jesus is the one who is building his church. It's his church, he's in charge of it, he's the one that's building it. And you and I, well, we just... So we're like the stones that he's using to to build his church. 
And uh, we asked the question, what sort of stone are you? Maybe it could be like one of those party games. So, you know, if you were a stone, what sort of stone would you be? Perhaps not as exciting as maybe another subject. But, you know, Jesus is looking at us as if we're stones that he can use to build his church. And he wants to, to build his church. And he wants to use you and I in doing it. Who's the one building the church? You and I, we're just giving him something to work with. So we asked the question, didn't we? Are are you giving Jesus something to work with? Are you available to him? It's not about what shape or size you are. It's not about whether you've got some uh, cracks or or blemishes or you feel like you're, you're perfect. God isn't looking for perfection. What he's looking for is availability. So Jesus is building his church. Is he able to use you in the process? I think we've got a photo that that may go up in in just a second. Is is, is God able to use you in building his church? This is a dry stone wall, in case you didn't recognise it. Lots of different stones, different shapes and sizes, different markings on, different ages probably. But together... They make a wall. Together they build something. And together, friends, Jesus can do something with us. He's building his church and he wants to use you and me in the process. We're just giving him something to work with. Great, thank you, Dave. So, if Jesus is building his church, if we're convinced of that, if that's what the Bible tells us, if that's last week that, that God is doing, what sort of, what sort of church, what sort of building here with these living stones of of you and me what's what's God building here or to put it another way what sort of church do we want to become what sort of church do we want to become what is what is God doing amongst us together well there are some headings that we sometimes use to help us with this and they're along the lines of, of these four values if you like that help us give shaped to what God is building here. And they're this. We say, I want Jubilee to be a church that loves God, loves one another, loves those who don't know Jesus yet, and reaches nations. We want Jubilee to be a church that loves God, loves one another, loves those who don't know Jesus yet, and reaches the nations. Now, we don't have time this morning to spend ages on each of those things. Time is against us. But I do want to give you some headlines and remind us of a few things that should help to put some shape to the question, what sort of house is God building here? What sort of church is God building here? I'm sure many of you, like I did, we watched the um, inaugural speech of President Barack Obama, the uh, 44th President of the United States. I'm sure many of you would have watched it, if not the whole thing, the, the highlights of the, of the ceremony. And he spoke during his speech, didn't he, of some of the challenges that the United States faces. And as well as the challenges, he spoke to of the values that should be held to in meeting those challenges. The challenges might be new, he said, but the values, hey, they're the same. The values are the way that we do it. 
And friends, we, you and I, we've got challenges ahead of us too. We've got challenges ahead of us as a church. We want to see this city, this nation, and indeed the nations, impact with the gospel. We want to see a church that lives out New Testament Christianity right now, in the 21st century. Now we dream of seeing a church where you know, half of the people here are, are newly saved. Where, where God has built them into us, having seen them saved and added into his kingdom. And much more. Lots of challenges ahead of us. And how will we get there? Well, we'll get there by keeping to some things that God has taught us along the way. Things like loving God. Loving one another. Loving those who don't know Jesus yet. Reaching nations. And so rather than go into each of these in detail, I want to ask you this morning... A question individually, personally. I want you to answer it inside as we get to each one. I want to ask you, how are you doing? How are you doing with each of these four values, if you like? Because if we're saying that we want Jubilee to be a church that loves God, loves one another, loves those who don't know Jesus yet and reaches nations, then, friends, it's going to be full of people who individually love God, love one another, Loves those who don't know Jesus yet and has a heart for reaching nations. That's how God's going to do it. So if Jesus is building his church, if he's building, as Peter says, that house, that that, uh, spiritual house, if he's building his church, if he's using you and I to do it, how are we doing? How are we doing with those things? So the first one, loving God. Well, that's got to be our priority, isn't it? As, as people who love Jesus, as people who have responded to, to God working in our lives, it's got to be our priority individually and as a church. God is after worshippers. You'll know the passage, many of you, in John 4, where Jesus encounters a woman uh, drawing water at a well, and they start to have a bit of a conversation together. And uh, she asks Jesus, you know, where is it that one should worship God? Is it this place or that place? And Jesus said, it isn't about the place. It's about God's after worshippers. Those that worship in spirit and truth. He's after people that love him. So do you love God? John Piper, the American pastor and author, says, mission exists because worship doesn't. God is after Worshippers. So are you a worshipper? Are you a worshipper? Are we worshipping people together? I listened uh, online to John's preach from a couple of weeks ago. And uh, he talked about the importance of being in the vine. That picture of being built into Jesus. And he talked about the danger of withering. You know, like a plant that may have been starved of water. Or, or that, uh, you know, just had withered away. So the question is, are you in the vine? Are you, are you built into Jesus? Are you loving God? Is that central to your life? In the questions that we discussed as a life group the, the following week, we talked about some of the reasons that could, that could make us wither, if you like. What would be the things that would cause us to wither? And uh, well, one thing for certain that would cause us to wither, like the, the plant I think John may have uh, shown as an example, would be not getting this one right. Not having loving God right at the very centre of our being. I was talking with another church leader recently 
and uh, he was talking about a pastoral situation in his church, which was quite, quite serious and it involved a couple of individuals. And uh, he, he, said, he said this to me, he said he'd noticed that this person's heart had grown cold towards God. And after that, he said, anything can happen. You know what? He's dead right. And actually, the issue wasn't so much the situation that this chap had found himself in or got himself into. The, actually, the root of it was his heart had grown cold towards God. And if that happens, then you're in a dangerous place. So I want to urge us, let's make sure we've got this one right. Let's make sure we've got this one sussed. Loving God is central to living in him as well as to building the church. It's it's loving him and being satisfied in him as well. Sometimes it's not just sin that draws us away from God. It can be other things like busyness. Even busyness in serving him sometimes can draw us away from him. John Piper, the same chap in his book, Future Grace, says... Sin is what you do when your heart is not satisfied in God. Sin is what you do when your heart is not satisfied in God. So is your heart satisfied in God? Get satisfied in God. Love God. Enjoy worshipping him individually, personally. And also when we gather as well. Loving God is a central part of what happens when we gather together as the church, isn't it? That's why we give time to worshipping him. Before we look at his will, we give time to, to blessing God, to praising him, to thanking him for his love, to encountering God afresh. So I want to make sure that our worship is at a time that when we encounter God, when we're passionate about loving God together. And friends, that happens best when we come from a a life of loving God that's full of him, that's totally satisfied in him, that loves him and then loves to worship him as we gather together. So that's the first one, loving God. The second one is loving one another. Jesus said in John 13, he said, a new commandment I give you, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this he goes on, All men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So how are we recognised as Jesus' disciples? Is it by our meetings? Is it by uh, wearing a fish uh, on our jacket? Is it by wearing a t-shirt that says, I love Jesus? Is it by uh, our praying or our witnessing? Actually, Jesus says, we're recognised as his disciples by our love for one another. It's because it's so countercultural, real love, real care for one another. It's about building community. You know, a community is not just a group of people who you know happen to turn up at the same time each week, be it on a Sunday morning here or be it at someone's home at uh, half past seven on a Wednesday night. That's not community. It might become a community. But it doesn't happen automatically just because you're in the same room together at the same time. It's much more than that. The Bible tells us that the early church devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship. They weren't just acquaintances, weren't just even friends, but rather they were devoted to one another. 
Their care for one another was important to them. They were devoted about it. And think about it, it's in the context of growth here. This isn't just a small little band of people. Overnight, this group had gone from 120 to 3,120. So we're told in in Acts, 3,000 people were saved and added to the church after Peter's first sermon. So their church had grown from 120 to 3,120. Just like that, overnight. Imagine what it would be like if you missed that, that, Sunday, missed that you know, meeting. You were away visiting Auntie Flo that week. And so there were 119 people there. You were away. You missed out. You came back next week expecting to see the 119 that were there the week before. And suddenly there are 3,119. <gasps> Imagine what that would have been like. It was in the context of growth that they were devoted to one another. Their care for one another was essential. Their love for one another. It wasn't just a little small band, half a dozen people. It was in the context of the Holy Spirit breathing on them, of the church growing, and still they were devoted to one another. Their care for one another, even in that context of growth. So are we devoted to one another? Well, our main way of building communities through our small groups, we call them life groups. Because you can't know everyone on a Sunday, even just the number of people here this morning. You probably don't know everybody. And you certainly don't know everybody really well. But in a smaller group, you can get to know people. And you can show love and care. And you can receive love and care as well. So think about your small group, your, your life group. Is that care for another superficial? Just a, hi, how are you doing? And you're not really listening to the answer. Or is it a real care and love and concern for one another? Are you devoted? The early church, their care for another involved time. It involved energy, putting themselves out. It involved finance. They made sure that there wasn't a needy person among them. They willingly gave money to the uh, apostles to distribute among the church as was needed. They didn't just set up everything as soon as they got saved. Because we're, we're told that they met in homes. They must have had homes. We're told later that you know, they did things like sell fields at a later date and bring the money. So it wasn't the fact they just lived in some sort of commune and pulled all their money automatically together at the beginning, but rather, as need was noticed, as somebody had a need, somebody else realised they had a way of meeting that need. And so the welfare of one another became more important than their share portfolio or their bank balance, or whatever the equivalent might have been for them. So I want to urge us, get devoted. Particularly in a small group situation, our life groups, get devoted. Are you, are you in a life group yet? Maybe you haven't even got into a small group yet. Well, we've got a number across the city, we'll probably be starting some more soon. Come and see me. All right, let's make sure you get built in. You're part of that community where you can receive that love and care and give that love and care as well. Let's make sure we're loving one another. But as well as that, let's make sure we're loving those who don't know Jesus yet. That's why we're here, isn't it? That's why the church exists. To love those who don't know Jesus yet. And the parts of that are to do with welcoming in, reaching out with words and reaching out with actions. So we want to make sure that Jubilee is a welcoming church. So are we building a community that is open and welcoming to new people? 
We've got to make sure we're doing that. We've got to work hard at it. It's much easier, isn't it, particularly on a Sunday morning, just to chat to the people you know. You spot your friends over the other side of the hall, you think, I'm going to speak to them. Nice and easy, uh, and a good conversation can ensue. But actually, I want to suggest that we need to make sure we're looking out for people who haven't got anybody talking to them. Or maybe you're a new face, haven't got built in yet, don't know everybody. Let's make sure that we're a welcoming and friendly church. We may not be the biggest in the city. We may not have all sorts of other things yet. But one thing we can do is make Jubilee the friendliest, most welcoming church in the city. And we can all do it. We've all got a part to play. And we can all make a real difference. My priority on a Sunday morning is new people. So if you think, hang on, Graham's just walked past me. It's probably because I'm on my way to speak to somebody I don't recognise. Now, I have to work hard on that. My default position is to speak to people I know. It's much easier. But I have to think, no, somebody is you know, bothered to get up on a Sunday morning, make their way here, and walk through the door. The least I can do is go and say, hi, great to meet you. I'm Graham. What's your name? Are you new here? And extend the hand of friendship. Let's make sure we're all doing that. As well as uh, welcoming in, loving people, maybe who don't know Jesus yet, it's about reaching out with words. So Jesus had compassion, didn't he? He had a whole load of compassion on people who are far from God. In Luke 15, Jesus tells three stories about lost things, about how they mattered to the person that lost them. A lost coin, a lost sheep, and a lost son. People that are lost, who are far from God, matter to him. So if you know what, if they matter to him, they should matter to us too. So next Sunday's guest service. We might have some people here who don't yet know what it is to have a relationship with Jesus. Hey listen, they matter to God. They matter an awful lot to him. They need to matter to us as well. You know, it's great that we're here this morning, isn't it? It's it's wonderful to to worship together, to, to catch up with friends. Wonderful to be together. It's great that many of you know and love Jesus. But listen, there's about a quarter of a million people within walking distance from here, the vast majority of whom don't know Jesus yet. That is why we exist. That is why we are here. That is why we want to build communities, not just look in, but look out. Communities of life that can welcome people in. Communities of life that can impact local neighbourhoods all across the city. That's why we run things like Alpha Courses. That's why next Sunday is happening. So we can say to people, you're very welcome, why don't you come? We'd love to have you here. We'd love to tell you about a God who knows you and loves you and has a purpose for your life. People who are far from God really matter to him. And they really matter to us as well. But as well as reaching out with actions, it's about reaching out, sorry, as well as reaching out with words, it's about reaching out with actions as well. Dave Devonish in his book, What on Earth is the Church For? says this, he says, every local church is to see itself as a community of people who are the agents of kingdom social action. Good quote, isn't it? Each local church is to see itself as a community of people who are the agents of kingdom social action. That's us, folks. That's who we are. 
In Galatians 2, Paul talks about his visit to the apostles in Jerusalem. And he says, all they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor. The very thing I was eager to do. Now this is something that God has been speaking to us about over recent months. And a few of us went to a social action conference last year. And then after that began to to pray and to ask God what it was that he had for us as a local church. What it was that he wanted us to be involved in. And uh, we're now ready to to be involved in a couple of initiatives. One that we're launching as a church and another one that's happening across the city. So, babe, do you want to just mention those two briefly? Um, Yeah, we're getting involved in two uh, projects. Um, The first one is um, is the one that we are going to own as a church. And we're going to set up a respite facility for children with learning disabilities. We're going to do it once a month on a Saturday morning. And uh, the aim of it really is just to come and um, invite families to come bring their children um, and just to leave them with us. We'll look after the children. We'll, we'll just want to love them, really, with the love that God has given them. Um, and also, we'll just want to give the parents a break. So the parents are welcome to stay, um, have a cup of tea, just have a chat with other parents or somebody from church. Um, or they can go and just have a, a cup of tea and coffee by themselves for a couple of hours. But we just want to bless them, bless their families, bless the children, want to get to know them. And really, ultimately, we just want to show God's love to them in a practical way. So if you would like to get involved, then please, please, please come and see me or Tim or Hannah and Vicky. Vicky's not here this morning. But we can't do it unless we get some help. So um, we really, really would like some volunteers. So please come and see me afterwards. Um, And the other one is um, a pregnancy crisis that a number of churches in Derby are going to set up. and uh, it's just in the very, very early stages of planning it at the moment, but I'm going to get involved in that. And um, they need people as well to get on board there. So if you feel a call to work with families, um, particularly women that are going through really tough pregnancies or have had um, miscarriages or stillborns or are thinking about abortion or have had an abortion, we just want to love them in a very non-judgmental way. Um, it's a very sensitive issue, so really pray about what, what God wants you to get involved in. It's really exciting. I feel really excited that we're really going to go for it. And um, yeah, it'd be great if we can get people on board. So please come and talk to me afterwards because um, we do need your help. Okay, thank you. Isn't it great that we're beginning to get involved in some of these things? It's been on our heart for a while to be doing something that serves the city, that blesses people. And it's great that we can begin some of these things. And uh, if you'd like to get involved just once a month on a Saturday morning, then do t- speak to, uh, to one of the team. and uh, I can give you a bit more information about it. And it's a way of us serving the city, isn't it? A way of blessing people. A way of loving people who don't know Jesus yet, very often. Our, our, our fourth one, just before we finish, we're going to stop in a second, is this, reaching nations. Reaching nations. In Isaiah 49, Isaiah prophesies, God speaking, saying this, he says, It is too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles 
that you may bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. See, our mission field is easily defined. Our heart extends as far as the ends of the earth. If you want to put it on a, you know, a basis of, you know, some churches have parishes, don't they? That's, that's ours. The ends of the earth. Because <laughs> that's, that's what God's heart is for the nations. And there are two things involved in that. Firstly, reaching other nations on our doorstep. Derby is a very multicultural city, and I love it because of it. And we want Jubilee to be a vibrant, multicultural church that truly represents the city that God has called us to be in. That's the sort of church we're building. That's the sort of church we want to go for. A mix of cultures, a mix of languages. Let's start doing some worship songs in other languages. There's a challenge for you, Mr. C. But wouldn't it be great? It's great. I had that song uh, last Sunday. It's a different lilt and feel to it. I'm back sure it was wonderful. It was great. Let's have more of that sort of thing. We're building in a multicultural. It means things like that. It's great. Wonderful. And it's, it represents God's heart. Because that's the sort of church God wants Jubilee to be. Our heart for nations. Our heart from people, from different people groups, different backgrounds and nationalities. Let's, let's build like that. Let's, let's go for that. But as well as seeing Jubilee built into that sort of church, it also means uh, going to other nations. And maybe there'll be opportunity for many of you to, to go to other nations as well. Some of you will know uh, Dave Ash, Dash, as he's known to us, as in Zimbabwe at the moment, and uh, serving in a New Frontiers church uh, there on a project they've got called Farming God's Way. So he's in a pretty difficult country, but getting involved in what a local church is doing in serving their community, seeking to feed people and to work with folk. Maybe you've got a heart for other nations. Maybe you think, actually, I'd like to go for something like that. Maybe you just like to go for a short time. Well, there are three things that you could go on, depending on your age. If you're a young person, then there's New Day Global. You could go on a short-term mission team in the summer for a, you know, a week or so to another nation. If you're a teenager, I think it is. If you're a sort of student type age, then there's Mobilise Worldwide. Similar ideal, but for mainly people in their 20s. You can get on a, uh, on a team again short-term thing over the summer, uh, a, about you know, a week, ten days or so, in another nation, serving God in another country. Well, there's also things called life-change teams. So if you're not in either of those categories age-wise, then you can go on a life-change team, if you're a grown-up. <laughs> <coughs> and they've got teams going to um, Ghana, South Africa, Lesotho, Turkey. You might want to just go and serve in another nation just over the summer. They're a little bit longer, these teams, but again, mostly in the summer. These cards are on the table at the back. You can take one. There's more information on the website as well. But maybe you think God's putting another nation on your heart. You can just go and get involved just for a short period of time and see what God does. Maybe you think God is calling you to another nation for a longer term. Well, they're a good thing to start with and see what God does. And maybe, you know, you'll go eventually for a longer period of time. Who knows? Who knows what nations we will touch as a church in years to come. It's exciting, isn't it? Maybe some of you here this morning will go. Maybe you'll be involved in building a church in another nation. Because at the end of time, the book of Revelation tells us that before God's throne, worshipping him, 
there'll be people from every nation, every tribe, every people group, and every language standing there before the throne, worshipping Jesus. Every nation, every tribe, every people group, every language. That's God's heart. And that's our heart as well as we seek to build the local church that honours him. So if you've got a heart and passion for other nations, other people groups, I want you to ask God to stir that in you, see what God will do. So that's the sort of church we want to build. That's the sort of church, actually, that Jesus is building here. And you and I, we just want to give him something to work with. So those values, if they're on his heart, they should be on our heart as well. And next week we'll take it a stage further, look at the rest of the passage and uh, finish off the, the, the few verses that we read together. But that's the sort of church that Jesus is building in this place. And I want to urge you, if you may be coming for a while, or even if you're just new here and you think, yeah, I love this, I want to get stuck in. Then maybe the first thing is get involved in a small group, get stuck into a life group. At the end of the month, we've got a membership morning. If you want to find out more about what it is to be a member of Jubilee Church and a bit more of our history and some of the things that are important to us, then you can come on that and that will give you a good opportunity to find out a little bit more, ask some questions and to see if Jubilee is the place that God wants you to be built into. Because the New Testament expects Christians to be part of our local church. And the way that we recognise that is what we call membership. And so I'd urge you, if you're not a member of Jubilee yet, then, then join. We need you. We need you to help us. We can't do these things on our own. God has called us to a huge vision. God has called us to some massive things together. But to make all that happen, we need you to help us. So get on board. Come and help us. Come and see what God wants to do amongst us. Let's stand together. We're going to pray as we finish and close. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are committed to building your church and we thank you that we've got a part to play in giving you something to work with. And so again this morning, afresh, we give you our lives. We say, use us, Lord, for your glory. Work with us, we pray, to to build a glorious church in this city that honours you. Lord, that loves Jesus, that loves one another, that loves people who are far from you and that has a heart and passion for other nations too. Help us, Lord, as we seek to serve this city, the communities that you've put us in. Lord, bless our uh, endeavours to honour you in all that we do. We, We pray for the guest service next Sunday. Lord God, please be upon it, we pray. Lord Jesus, and we pray for many guests to come. We pray for people to respond to the gospel. We pray for many to be healed. Lord God, glorify your name amongst us. We ask it, please, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.